Today, we want to talk about here, watch your mouth. <clears throat> it's, uh, pastors are beginning a new series, a brief series on Sundays. Uh, you might say this is very foundational for us as Christians uh, because it presents uh, spiritual principles that we need to practice for life. Uh, some of you have heard this before. It's not new to you. Uh, so it's often good to be reminded because you have to remember we all leak. What I thought I knew, uh, hey, what happened to it? I should know better. It leaked out, got to put it back in again. So this is often good to remember again and again. For those of you who have never heard anything like this before, uh, it's a good eye-opener to realize uh, to be a normal believer, we should watch our mouths. And it's more than just, you know, talking naughty. It, it goes far beyond that. Um, you know, there was a time in our culture of years past that taught us our words were important. Uh, words we chose to speak uh, to others carried weight. People understood that years ago. Today, that's lost. By the current culture and we have today, uh, wow, that serious concept is lost to so many people. So let me give you a foundational scripture today. Uh, it's your, the memory verse if you have your little sheets with you if you want to write notes. Um, could be a foundational scripture for the series. Uh, it's Proverbs chapter 18, verse 21. This comes out of the King James. And it says, life and de uh, death and life are in the power of the tongue, and they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. And the NIV Bible on your first fill in the blank there, it says the tongue has the power of life and death. The tongue has the power of life and death. This is a very important spiritual principle. Another way of saying this on your second fill in the blank, there is power in our words. Power in our words. Uh, the culture we live in today is not going to tell you this because it has spiritual implications. And they're filling the blank there, number three. Looks like they're coming to one after another. When we speak words, it has effect not only in the natural realm, but in the spiritual realm as well. As we speak words, it has effect not only in the natural realm, but in the spiritual realm as well. And your next fill in the blank there, number four. So if the words we speak have power, our words also determine our destiny. I'm giving you a lot of PowerPoints right off the bat of principles. Another principle, our words determine our destiny. We'll be talking more about that today. So much of, our, of how our days go are a result of what we speak. If you leave in the morning complaining about the job you go to, how it's going to go bad, guess what? It's probably going to go bad. Every morning I speak forth. I have favor with everyone I come in contact with today. And guess what? About 99% of the time I have favor, even if they don't know me. Why? I am speaking that forth for my day, before my day starts. I'm leaving the day going, I'm blessed today because I'm in covenant. Not, oh, it's going to happen today now. It's going to be as bad as yesterday. That's speaking death. Your words do matter. They shape your destiny because they're spirit. we got to get that. You may live in a body, but you're a spirit being. 
and you live as a spirit being. Everything you do that comes out of you has a spiritual effect. And the words are a clear part of this here. Uh, Fill in the blank here, number five. Our tongue, our speech, sets forth the course of our life. Our tongue, our speech, it sets forth the course of our life, but we're only going to speak what's in our hearts. Have you ever considered that? You're only going to speak what you already got in you because our tongue is going to reveal our hearts. You want to know what somebody's like? Just listen to them speak. And you'll find out real quick, are they speaking life or are they speaking death? Are they speaking the fallen culture they live in? Or are they speaking the Word of God as vibrant believers? You're going to find out real quick what's coming out of their mouths, and that's in their hearts already. Now, that's not to judge them or, or be, or be uh, you know, suspicious over people, but it lets you know who you're hanging around with real fast. You know, it's important. Uh, so in Proverbs chapter 23, verse 7, in the beginning of the verse, the King James For as he thinketh in his heart, so is he. As you think in your heart, that's who you really are. Or as we think, we speak. We're only going to speak what we already put in there. And that's your fill in the blank number six there, that our actions come from our thoughts. Your actions come from your thoughts. You've already had premeditated thoughts in you, in everything you do as you come in contact with people, the tasks you do in life, everything. We already have premeditated thoughts and it's going to come out of our mouths. And sometimes those are thoughts that should not come out of our mouths because they don't produce life, they produce death. So it's another important area here of knowing that our, 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 our thought life and our speech life are connected. Very important principle, 101. Hey, I love Jesus. Well, you better learn real quick. Your thought life and your, and, your, and your vocal life are connected. Let's look at some other instruction here we have from the Word of God that we're not going to show on the uh, rear screen. Just quickly, uh, Proverbs chapter 12, verse 18. This is out of the King James. The tongue of the wise is health. The tongue of the wise is health. How about that? Your mouth produces health to yourself and to others right? If you're dumping on your kids every day, day after day, telling them everything that's wrong about them, you are not speaking life to them. You are not speaking health to them. How do you expect them to have a successful life when they've been raised in a home that sowed no life into them? That can mean you're very good parents and love them, but what are you saying to them out of your mouth? means everything. You say to your kids every day, to your grandkids, you're a winner. You're going to succeed in life. Do you know that? You're special. Those are words that promote life. You're going to be like everybody else? That's what you're going to be like? Did you go to, did you go to school to be dumb? Huh? Come on. Proverbs chapter 15, verse 4. The tongue is a tree of life, King James. That means there's fruit in our lives that's going to come out of our tongue by what we say. We have life stored up in us, but we got to speak it out. we got to speak it out. Uh, Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23. The last one I wanted to mention uh, from the NIV. Above all else, guard your heart, for it is the wellspring of life. Hey, you should put that in one of them needleport samplers and put them on your wall, you know, which they have, by the way. Above all else, guard your heart, for it is the wellspring of life. Because my inner thoughts and my spoken words are connected. So I better be careful what I'm putting in my heart. 
Am I storing the Word of God in there? Well, then it's going to come out of my mouth. If I'm not storing the Word of God in there, I have no life to speak. These are real simple, basic principles. Uh, it's the connection here of how our words and our lives are put together. Uh, in the New Testament, it tells us that the Scriptures are only one witness uh, from the mouth of God. Our mouth is another witness. And that's why the Word of God says, uh, let everything be established in the mouth of two or more witnesses. Those promises on paper that you're reading from the Lord will mean nothing to you unless you speak them out of your mouth. They're just words on paper. When faith is put to them, they come alive because you're putting them into life when you speak them out of your mouth. Yet, few truly ever do, honestly. Um, our speech is an establisher in our lives. We want the will of God established in my life, I better be speaking it. If I want those promises that I read about health and well-being and, and a future and a posterity to come into my life, I better be speaking it out of my mouth. Or they're just words on paper. Some people have great success in their Christian walk and some just don't. And the real divider there is what's coming out of their mouth day by day. Kid you not, this is like I said, a Christianity 101 teaching, and yet it's something we can easily forget. That this is a basic spiritual principle we're to be living on for the rest of our lives. Uh, so, you know, the words that come out of your mouth mean everything. So my premise here for this sermon, for this small teaching here, and the little time I have, um, is to communicate a principle that since life and death are in the power of the tongue, we need to make sure our hearts are in a right place before we speak. Before we speak to others, and when we speak when the challenges of life come forth. Because we need to watch our mouth, what comes out of it. Nobody wants disaster in their lives. Why in the world are you speaking it for? Right? Uh, Deuteronomy, important scripture. Deuteronomy chapter 30, verse 19. This is one of those principal scriptures. I call heaven and earth to witness against you today that I have placed before you life and death, the blessing and the curse. So choose life in order that you may live, you and your descendants. Our words choose life or death. There is no middle ground. I just did a sermon this past Wednesday on Romans 8, and in Romans 8 it tells us that we need to sow to the Spirit to reap life instead of sowing to the flesh to reap death. And agreeing here with Deuteronomy 30, that they come out of our mouth that that is the principle here, another foundational principle. Everything here is very black and white in speech. There are no shades of gray. It's either in one camp or another. We've got to choose. So we're only going to speak life or death out of our mouths. So therefore, we're going to eat the fruit that we create by what we say. It means everything. Problem is, too many in the body of Christ today are speaking words of life and faith or they're not speaking words of life and faith. I, I said that totally wrong. Too many in the Bible of Christ, they are not speaking words of life and faith. Too many are speaking the words of the culture they live in, which is usually ungodly, and they parrot it with mindlessness reports. Um, they speak words of unbelief. They speak words of doubt. They speak words of fear. Uh, too many people are speaking the problems over and over instead of the solution that's found in the Word of God. We have a choice to make that decision. Now, I recognize, you know, 
the problems and challenges of life, they cry out real loud. And because they cry out real loud, they dominate people's minds constantly and their hearts speak them out. Um, challenges will always be with us this side of heaven. In life, there will be health challenges. There are financial challenges. There's work-related challenges. There's family challenges with children. There's marital conflict. There's deaths of loved ones. And sometimes people are just so overwhelmed, they just want to give up. But what do we do with these challenges that come to our souls? What we do with them means everything. Why does you see, and we've seen this all the time, why do you see one person endure and one person totally crushed? Because what we think and what we say is the difference at times between life and death. I'll tell you a true story. I won't mention the Bible teacher who said it, but this was in the southern part of the country. There was this couple that he knew, and they were in a very bad car crash. And um, so while they were waiting for the ambulance to come, they were both conscious, and the wife could barely speak, but she said, we're going to be fine. We're going to be okay. We're, we're going to make it. And the husband looked at her and said, I'm a dead man. So they got to the hospital, and not too much time later, he died. And she uh, did recover after so much time. And the doctor in the hospital apparently might have attended the same church they did. I don't really remember the story. But he said to her, I don't understand this at all. You were in a lot worse shape than him, and yet he died. He could have easily survived. And she said, I know why he died. And she explained the story. The doctor just shook his head and went, I guess so. He didn't know what to say. Why did he die? Because he believed it and he spoke it. Let everything be established in the mouth of two or more witnesses. And yet she didn't, and she survived. So I'm not simply saying today we should stop negative thinking and start positive thinking, although that's good, because those that don't know Christ can do that. So how different are we? we? The issue is we, as believers, need to think on the Word of God and speak the Word of God with a conviction that what we will see will come to pass. Now, example, health challenges are here. We don't deny them. That's Christian science. That, that's goofy stuff. We don't deny health problems are real. We deny their existence, uh, their right to have an existence in us. We deny their right to be there. Because by his stripes I'm healed. You don't belong in my body. Uh, let's go to James here, uh, chapter 3, uh, verses 3 to 6 out of the, new, the NIV. When we put bits in the mouths of horses to make them obey us, we can turn the whole animal. Or take ships, for example. Although they are so large and are driven by strong winds, they are steered by a very small rudder whenever the pilot, wherever the pilot wants to go. Likewise, the tongue is a small part of the body, but it makes great boasts. Consider what a forest can be set on fire by a small spark. The tongue is also a fire, a world of evil among the parts of the body. It corrupts the whole body and sets the whole course of one's life on fire. It sets itself on fire by hell. So our tongue here, James is telling us, and our speech are like rudders that steer the course of their lives. One issue is too many Christians dwell in their hearts and speak out of their mouth both troubles and promises. That ought not be. James goes on to say, 
in chapter 3, verses 10 to 12. Out of the same mouth come praise and cursing. My brothers and sisters, this should not be. Can both fresh water and salt water flow from the same stream? My brothers and sisters, can a fig tree bear olives or a grape tree bear figs? Neither can salt water produce fresh water. We ought not be speaking troubles and the promises of God at the same time. A lot of people do. They throw a few Jesus is Lord's in there, and, and, but they think they can say the opposite. We had a lady here one time many years back. She had cancer, and if you were among her, you would hear her say, oh, by his stripes I'm healed, I'm believing Jesus, blah, 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 saying everything right. But when she was home and her sisters would call on the phone that were not believers, she'd go, I'm dying. Uh, she loved pity. She loved people to pity her. And they would go, oh, this is terrible. Oh, we love you so much. I know, I'm not going to make it. Guess what? She died. You can't be saying Jesus is Lord and by his stripes I'm healed as a confession, and then your conversation is the complete opposite. Obviously, you knew what was really in her heart. What's in your head will help you not, nothing at all. You want it in your heart. That's what matters. We can't be speaking two separate conversations uh, or uh, conversations and a confession simultaneously. That's the salt and water. Uh, we need to stop speaking problems. Oh, your number of the sevens coming along here. We need to stop. We need to also stop speaking two opposite streams coming from the same mouth. This is really fundamental 101 as a believer, and yet so many believers don't get it. As you hear them talk, they aren't there and believe in anything. And it's obvious by the way they talk. Uh, don't say it because you're trying to impress me. Ah, I don't care. I care for you, but it ah, doesn't do anything for my life. I have to walk with God just like you have to. What I'm saying today applies to me as much as it does you. If anything, today I'm just a roadside pointing. You've got to read the road sign. If you don't read the road sign, I can't help you. I can't live for you. You just have to read the road sign. So many don't want to, though. Now, I'm not saying that every stupid phrase that comes out of our mouth, oh, I'm scared to death, is going to destroy us, although that's not good either. I wouldn't do that either. But what I'm talking about is that we're dwelling on and speaking the troubles of life that we've meditated on upon, and then we throw in a scripture or two to make it sound Christian. James tells us the double-minded man receives nothing from the Lord. You're going to dwell on something. You're constantly talking to yourself. Don't tell me you're not, because if you're not, you don't have a brainwave. We are always constantly talking to ourselves. What are we saying? Most people, they're just talking the problem over and over and over again, asking questions of themselves over and over and over. That's not the Word of God giving you life. That's producing death to yourself. Whether it be finances, health, uh, family, whatever, those are usually biggies for everyone. Hey, we've got to start to think on the Word of God and speak on the Word of God. So the question is, what do we have in our hearts? What are we meditate on daily in our thought life? Now, God, when I say the word meditation, because of Eastern religion, we think of some half-naked fat guy wearing a diaper with a smile on his face sitting on a hill. That is not meditation. Biblical meditation in the Hebrew means you mutter to yourself. Do you ever see the uh, Orthodox Jew? He sits there with his prayer book and he's muttering. That's meditation. He's meditating the word to himself, meditating the prayers to himself. That's meditation, talking to yourself. 
what are you saying to yourself? What am I saying to myself is what matters, you know? We kind of constantly be talking life to ourselves, talking life to our bodies, speaking to our finances, speaking life to our children, to our spouses. Uh, what are we meditating on? We're only going to meditate on, we're going to meditate on something, so it might as well be the will of God. How do I find his will? I go into the word of God and find the will of God. There's always going to be problems and challenges against us, but what am I going to meditate on? What am I going to speak to myself on every day, all day? We're only going to speak out of our mouths what we've already dwelt on in our hearts. I don't care if you're very young or you're very old, it applies to everybody. This is a life pattern that we've got to get. Because probably in your, in your life's experience, you've never been trained like this. You have to literally undo all the bad training we've got in life and learn to retrain and think like a believer. It's a challenge in itself. Now, James here, we didn't turn to uh, where he said, a man, uh, no man can tame his tongue. Yet there's still hope for us all uh, that uh, if we do what the Lord tells us to do. In Joshua chapter 1, verse 8, we're told to meditate on the Word of God. That's the muttering part. Uh, it tells us in Isaiah chapter 55, uh, his thoughts are higher than our thoughts. Well, we need to meditate on those high thoughts, the truth of God's Word. His thoughts need to fill us. His mind needs to fill us. So I will speak that out of my mouth when circumstances come that don't agree with the Word of God. So as we close today, there's so much more I'd like to say, but due to time, we can't. Uh, we really need to get this. It's a big deal. It isn't, it's, it's not as much as uh, what I don't want to say, as much what I should say. Will I be speaking God's word before I'm going to speak the problem? This is a challenge for all of us. Uh, the meditations of our heart need to choose life so that we'll speak life. Our tongue is that sowing agent in our lives. So we need to get this. Uh, if this, you're hearing this message for the first time, it's new to you, you're apt to forget it. That's why you have to keep this in mind purposefully. And make this a point. There, there was a <coughs> great Bible teacher. I did not mention it uh, yet. I mentioned the first service. Her name was Barbara Arbo. Don't know where she is. I'm assuming she's still with us. Barbara is a very anointed Bible teacher. Back in the 70s, she caught this for the first time in her life. She, she stopped talking. Because she realized, I'm not talking anything from the Word of God out of my mouth. For, for I don't know if it was for a few weeks or a few months. She didn't talk much until she got it. And then it sort of became part of her. And then she became zealous to speak the word of God from her mouth, regardless of what circumstances came her way. She literally retrained her mind to think in agreement with the word of God. That's not easy. And she did that. And the Holy Spirit, of course, is our teacher to bring that forth. And of course, this becomes a, became a big theme in her ministry and books she wrote on it. Uh, so yeah, we need to start to question everything coming out of my mouth and make sure if it doesn't glorify God, keep my mouth shut. I'm learning like you. So if you heard this before, uh, you easily can draw away from it. That's why we need to hear this again, because we leak. Ah, I had it, it's gone. Gotta put it back in you. Gotta put it back. That, that's a Walter Hill expression, not mine. I remember the first time Walt said that, because I leak. I looked at him, really? He kept going, I'm going, all right, I get it. All right, all right. Yeah, because we leak. We constantly leak. 
The world we live in drains it out of us. And we constantly have to put it back in us. It's like you got to put that water back in you every day. Hey, you got to put the Word of God in you every day. Yesterday's Word doesn't help me. I need today's Word. Because I'm sure many here have heard this, and you're like, oh, I haven't been really doing that. That's why you were leaking. You got to put it back in you again. So whatever it takes, folks, please get this. We need to live like this every day of our life. What is going to come out of my mouth? If it isn't glorifying God, maybe go the way of Barbara Arbo. Shut up and don't talk. At least we'll believe you're learning and you're getting there. Right? Let's pray here. Father God, may we leave here today with a conviction in these days ahead that the words of our mouth mean something. They produce life or death. That, Father God, we would be a people speaking life, constantly in training, Father, speaking life. That, Lord God, you would have your will accomplished through us in our days that we would see your prosperity in us, spirit, soul, and body. That, Father God, we would be a blessing to all that we come in contact with, Father, especially our children and grandchildren as, as uh, parents and grandparents that speak life, not death. That, Lord God, we would be uh, avenues by which you can use to bring forth your word of life by a people who know how to speak life. Father, we thank you for this. In the name of Jesus, we do put a watch over our mouths in these days ahead that, Father, we would be pleasing, first of all and foremost, unto you. And we thank you for this in Jesus' name. Can you agree and say amen?